everyone and welcome to the uh i'm gonna guess it's gonna be the june episode of uh, no it's may well it's may as we're recording this but, but i don't uh, know but when mike's gonna put this out so i'll put it up as soon as it's ready okay okay um, i'm sorry and i guess i guess it'll be the may movie club mm-hmm. and uh for this movie club we watched uh sequels to to prominent Action franchise. Hold 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 up, hold up. Time time. Did you just call prominent action franchise? Is that the term you just used? Yeah. What? What? Do you want- don't think John Wick's a No 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 <coughs> Excuse me. You don't think John Wick is a prominent action franchise? Uh, the John Wick's not the thing I have an issue with. Well then what do you have an issue with? <laughs> I don't know. The children, maybe? I mean, okay, maybe not a prominent action franchise for adults. <laughs> but you, dude, like, Cody Banks was, like, the kid's version of, like, a James Bond, so. No, the kid's version of a James Bond was. Is it You Can't Catch Me Now or whatever was that one? Catch me if you can. Yeah, catch me if you that can. That is not a kid's not movie. Not catch me if you can. Not catch me if you can. Um, God, it's all your picture. It's all about like he stole like race car stuff. Uh, huh? I'm trying to. You can't catch me. I'm trying to think of this name. There's this film like I could picture it. There's, there was a kids version that I'll use a better version of a James Bond film than Agent Cody Banks. But continue. Well, yeah. So we had a movie based around a camp counselor, and we had a movie based around a guy that loved shoving knives into people's eyes. <laughs> Which I'll say that first twenty minutes of John Wick three. Okay, that was a good that like the fights in like the library and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the library fight, and then the first fight as the contract goes live. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. So, I guess this is spoiler warning for John Wick 3 if you haven't seen it, because... It's... John Wick is one of my favorite franchises. Which is interesting. How? That you liked it so... I'd say it's bad, it's just fascinating, like, that's your moment of... Favorites. Well, I mean, like, there's franchises that I watch because I'm I've watched so many of them, so I'm just invested in it. Mm-hmm. Which is the Fast and Furious franchise at this point. Um, I will say I laughed during John Wick three because I'm like, there's no way, no, they actually did that. Like, just the ridiculousness of. The, uh, the action in the movie. It was just... I have one. The, uh, the multiple throwing knives to dudes and then realizing he doesn't have anything, so pulling a knife out of the guy's back and chucking at a dude. 
there was something cool about them being in that like nice kind of place, and it was like okay, pop, 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 pop. I will say though, I was kind of surprised that Re didn't really have a soundtrack. Yeah, that there was. Well, there was that one. The only thing I can think of that music mattered was like when they did the opera music towards the end of those fights. Yeah. Well, and like the, I mean, one and two, I can think of multiple scenes with songs from them. Mm-hmm. And it just added to it. But I, th- I'm gonna say I liked. As I'm looking back on it, I think I liked their decision to go without music because it definitely added to the tone of the movie itself, which is just darker in general. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think where to begin. So so one of the things I think we kind of talked about too is in the beginning, I was a little confused on what the fuck was going on. Well, what they don't necessarily explain is that the three John Wick movies take place over, like, two weeks. Which which I caught onto that, and I was like, wait a second, what? <laughs> and if you hadn't seen John Wick 2 recently, I think that's lost even more, because it, it was, like, two years, I think, between yeah. movies. So if you weren't, like, if, if you didn't know the plot line of... Uh... Chapter 2, towards the end, then it kind of... It does explain it, but you're kind of lost at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Because it picks up literally at the end of 2. Um, so I'm definitely going to wait and see if somebody decides to put out a 6-hour John Wick mm-hmm. where they just edit them together. And just make it one continuous... Just a movie? One, yeah, one movie. Because I think... Like, I don't know, have you ever heard of the... Uh, I believe it's Topher Grace that does it. Or did it? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, the, yeah. the Star Wars mm-hmm. movie that apparently is out there. Where, like, he edited together the prequel into one, like, two-hour movie, I think. It, or two-and-a-half-hour movie. Mm-hmm. And it covers everything. Um, there's that I'm interested. I want to find a reliable source of getting it. Okay. Um, cause I know it's going to be on like the pirate bay or something like that, but, um, and there's no way he could sell it. Like, right. Right. The, the legal ramifications of him trying to sell that are incredible. Um, and then somebody else put one together. It's no Steven Soderbergh did something like that, but I can't remember for what. Oh, Soderbergh. Um, and then there's the Machete Order of watching Star Wars, which is so weird. I think Avengers is trying to do that too now. Well, and the weird thing about the Machete Order is it doesn't take into account 7, 8, and eventually 9. Mm-hmm. So, it'll be interesting to see somebody kind of... Which, those kind of stand on their own, so I'm sure it would just be... You pick up from 6 and go 
right. turn into seven. Because they don't necessarily do the... It's, a it's an entirely different story. Yeah, because um, like they're connected, but like they're the back half. It's not like, where would yeah. you put them? Which I will say... First off, AMC needs to cut the shit with their trailers. I You mean at the end where it goes, the date? No. It oh. was a half hour of trailers before John Wick. Oh yeah, that was a long time. I was like, that feels... Oh, so it was that long for you too? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm guessing you saw it, AMC? Yeah, because I have the AMC A-list. Yeah. And then, I don't mind the, the dates thing, because like some of the trailers didn't have... I don't dates. like for what could I don't like that it just because it pulls me off like of the trailer. I understand marketing why you do it. I just don't like it because like it pulls me out of like the trailer thing of like what am I doing? So I was just thinking because like like part of like where in your trailer is like it was like pop 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 into the movie and I feel like it's kind of like it's always jarring of like dramatic trailer date dramatic trailer date and yeah I will say like with the it chapter two trailer right and then if you if you didn't have the, like we know when the next trailer begins. But like, if you didn't stop at that date, it would have. I feel like it would have been this like, poof, but a punch. Yeah. That it chapter two trailer. I didn't realize what it was at first. By the way, super. Oh, that, no, that was a dude, good trailer. That was, yeah. Because I well, wasn't. I, I was like, what movie is? What the fuck? Because I saw I her. I was like, seen, huh? yeah. I haven't seen the, the new yeah. it. But also, I forgot how good that cast list they got is. Oh, dude! Incredible. Um, what else was there? Oh, that's the first time I've actually seen the Star Wars trailer. Oh, yeah, I didn't have the Star Wars trailer. It may have been the last one. I... I yeah, it's the first time I've seen the Rise of Skywalker trailer. It's a good trailer. Interesting trailer. I like the end as, as the voice. That's the, totally uh, just a... Just a fan service thing, like... Oh, it is. But it's still kind of like a good, like, how are we closing this? Like, yeah, no one ever dies. And it's ironic because the dead guy saying it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to obviously I'll see Star Wars more out of the zeitgeist than actually wanting to see it. But I want to see how they explain what her whole like power is. Well, no, her standing there like oh yeah i'm gonna run and jump like oh yeah like what are you trying to cut his fighter in half like it doesn't make sense but what other trailer was there there's that one there's it chapter two. Oh, did you have that i think it's anna yeah that was so fucking weird which is like, I thought it was an odd choice of a trailer. Before John, okay. Before yeah, John considering Wick, it's the audience though. I'm okay at the audience, yeah. for, but it's still like, you know, it reminded me of what was the Jennifer Lawrence movie from last year that reminded me of that. Red Sparrow. Yes, it, it felt the same vibes to me. And the weird thing is, there's the Amazon show Hannah, <laughs> which, which is, is based a on that show movie. based on a well, movie. Also, the movie's based on a book, but yeah, yeah, the show's based on the book itself, not the movie. Um, which the movie was actually pretty good, um, from what I remember. But yeah, it's just like I get why they're showing it because it's the audience, audience, but 
It's just like, okay, like... The Chucky... Calm, calm the down. Child's Play was a pretty good trailer also, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know what it was at first. Right? And then... Then you see him and you... Yeah, then they showed the doll and like, okay. Well, at first, I'm thinking to myself, okay, is this the... Jigsaw movie? Because they showed the TV. Right, right. The old school TV, so I'm like... I remember them saying they were going to do a Jigsaw movie. Mm-hmm. So is that this... And then, yeah, then they show Chucky. I'm like, okay. Now, now it's, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It was funny, though, the guy sitting next to me was, uh, not a fan of the horror trailers. I'll put it to you. There's so many of them. Yeah. Why was there so many? Oh, that's the thing now. They're cheap to make and they make a shit ton of money. So. I know they're cheap to make, but like, they don't look good. Although I will say, I bet it is an expensive movie to make. Really? Well, just. I mean, a cast. Yeah, cast, effects. Like, you've got. I think. Is it. It's not Bill, it's. Um, Alex's brother. Alex Scarzard's brother. Mm. Playing Pennywise. He's not cheap. <laughs> You've got Cumberbatch is or no, not Cumberbatch. Uh, what's his face from X Men? Mm, is it? it? Uh, James McAvoy. Yeah, he's in it. Bill Hader's in it. Again, that's such a strong fucking cast. Yeah, redhead girl. Sure. You yeah, did that one I opened it with. But yeah, for sure, that opening thing... Oh, uh, what's her face? She's in, um... Everything. <laughs> Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Je- yeah. Jessica Chastain. Yeah, but again, when it opened yeah. with her, I for sure did not process that was it. Well, I heard... One of the podcasts I was listening to, they talk about the trailer, and they're like, yeah, they just showed, like, a straight-up scene from the movie. Hmm? Uh, that's totally what that was. It wasn't a trailer. That was... Yeah, you know that's going to be a scene from the movie, and then it gets into the trailer. Because it's all about her coming home after leaving. Yeah. yeah. I will say, though, I didn't watch a ton of that trailer because I was looking at my phone and checking in with messages, seeing as how it, that was about 24 minutes into the trailers. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if if there's going to be more trailers, you know, I'm going to answer a couple emails and yeah, there's so stuff like that. freaking many... And again, but then once the, once the movie back. got started, yeah, once the movie got started, it was a great movie. So um, that was opening. I'm trying to think what was the cool thing. I enjoy. I feel like I know you disagree with me. That final fight was eventually ends with him facing um, whatever that Asian guy was. I feel like oh, that. So scene, apparently that guy's name was Zero. When did they it, say that? You know how I found that out? How the captions on the trailer that was a promoted ad on Twitter. Interesting. Yeah. But in general, I feel like that fight scene was too long. Also, he's a little weird. He's just a little weird. He was, yeah, he was a little weird. He was, he's definitely the weirdest of the villains of the John Wick series. Because for two, it was uh, Ruby Rose and she was the mute. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then in the first one, it was Bill Skarsgård. Right? Yeah. There's no real, for lack of a better term, boss battle at the end of the first one. Mm-hmm. Which um, I don't know. I'm still of the mind I don't know if I needed one. Yeah, the first one is is a perfect movie. In terms of pacing. Like, this, this I feel like I, anything you might agree with me. This movie's pacing gets weird at points. So like, because to me, what I wanted this movie to be when I started when I started going was, I was hoping it would be, like, the opening fight scene. Not the opening, not the opening, the one you had the knife fight scene. But, like, mm-hmm. with different gangs coming by every, like, ten minutes, I was hoping it was kind of going to become. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the, the things that made it feel a little off was it not having a soundtrack. Okay. Because, like, if you think about Chapter 2 and even the first one, like... There's the music behind kind of the transitional scenes. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing for the transitional scene. So it didn't, they felt like they kind of dragged on. Which is weird to say because the movie didn't feel like it dragged on. It just it felt like scenes did. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if the movie did as much as scenes. Yeah. Also, um, they, they ramped up that villain way too much for John Wick to kind of wipe him. Zero? Yeah. Introducing yeah. Zero was cool. I think that was a cool introduction, but I think even, like, think about it. They went through the motorcycle chase, they went through, like, him outsmiting him, did, like, watching him, like... That, when he gets on the horse, and that scene, and the, that fo- whole fight through the horse barn and all that... Yeah. Because that follows pretty soon after the knife fight. I was just in constant cringe, not for the awkwardness, but for the pain of like, oh, like, dude just got stomped by a horse. Like, the shot though of him riding down the street with the two gang guys on the bike behind him. That was cool. Is a really cool shot. Um, he looked like the. Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Um, but yeah, then they eventually get into John Wick isn't his real name. He's Bulgarian, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, which that was... That was a weird... That was a weird scene because they never really explained it before. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, that setting set up that amazing shot of Zero and his crew walking onto the stage during the rehearsal. That was a cool, like, she knew what was coming. Yeah. Which is the only time they really have any sort of music is in that, and that was during a cool, the ballet. Like, so also, to me, it felt like she should have been killed in that, not the fucking hand sword thing. Well, we'll get to that later, but... Yeah. Like, when I thought you killed Lawrence Fishburne, it made sense in my head. Well, yeah, that was the thing, right, of... It's... It was, uh... His punishment was seven cuts. And uh, I just killed him because it was so hard. Her punishment was through the hands because she gave him passage... Like, if you think about their punishment, it starts to make sense. Like, okay, you're not gonna... Like, she didn't 
give him the ability to kill somebody mm -hmm. directly. Whereas uh, Fishburne did. And to be fair, they do tease this with the whole doctor thing of how if the doctor helps him, he would have been killed. Like, they explain this. Yeah. Because he would have saved his life, so then he would get killed for it, for example. Yeah. Which at least ex they explain that part of it. But I don't, think I, I don't think it's really catchable in the sense of you expect that to matter in the same way besides to the doctor. I will say, though, John Wick is the... the this series is the best at... They mention something once... And then you're expected to remember it because it is going to come up. Mm -hmm. Like if they ever reference something, it is going to come up. So, so I have a question. What do you think of all of the scenes like when he was in Casablanca? Because that's to me, I feel like when the movie got into a weird moment of like, this was the, a Halle, film. the whole idea that you were billing Halle Berry in this movie. Yeah. And then she exists for 20 minutes. is kind of weird. But, I mean, obviously the, the visual, right, of Casablanca is really cool. And the idea that it is, he's going to the origin of the high table. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still weird to me, because I feel like, like, getting there and doing it felt off. To, like, it feel, again, it feels like a different yeah. film to me. It's, that, to me, felt like the second chapter, not of a film, but of a franchise. That yeah, it was stick. a little weird. It was a little weird, but it was also a really good. Like, I think if the entire movie was just one giant fight scene, mm -hmm. it would have been tough to follow, or it would have been exhausting. I guess is the better, the better word for it. Whereas with this downtime, when he goes to Casablanca and then meets the elder. Which, by the way, the elder looks to be younger than he is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that helps, you know, kind of bring your adrenaline back down and get you ready for the final fight, which that final assault on the Continental is really cool. Mm -hmm. And just the payoff of the doorman being this, you know, badass merc, too. Like, yeah, the doorman being shit was cool. And, uh... Yeah, I was kind of surprised that Wick didn't kill the, uh... Adjudicator. See, that was weird. To me, the Adjudicator, yeah, it felt like she needed to die. Even if the rest of the high table didn't, she, like... Yeah, I figured that was what they were building up to. I figured that, too. Like, like I what I figured it was gonna be is... Is... Like, obviously, when he betrayed John Wick, I figured she would call saying it's now enshrined again, and then after the, she hangs up, he would shoot her, or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think the guy that runs the Continental, I don't know his name. I think they mentioned it in the first one, but... I know Winston is one of the people. Mm-hmm. Because they mentioned that name a couple times. Um, he is... The, the guy that runs the Continental is very rules-focused. Right. So since the hotel was reinstated, he wasn't going to break the rules and doing carry out business. business. Yeah. Right. There was something funny about the moment it got like removed from the list, how quickly everyone left. 
Like, I did, like, the exodus of everyone checking, like, everyone going to the decks of checking out. It was pretty funny. Well, and then when Zero is chasing John Wick, and Wick gets his hand onto the stairs. Yeah. And the doorman comes out. He's like, no, 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 no business here. I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, I mean... And then obviously the end where he should have died and like a lot of the fight stuff, I can suspend disbelief of him just like taking a beating and he should like, he should have been dead probably five times over. Mm-hmm. But then his fall and hitting the stairs on the way down and just landing on the ground. And then, you know, Where's his body? You know, the adjudicator says he's gone. But, uh, like, the issue was, like, all of us were like, yeah, of course that was going to happen. I was like, okay, like, that would have been a perfect send-off for Wick to die at the hands of the guy that runs the Continental. And, you know, after he really had completed, I mean, he didn't fully complete his mission, but... You know, to him, he completed his mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for him to die there would have been a perfect send-off. But then, yeah, you bring back Lawrence Fishburne. He didn't so die. So there's another movie. Even if we knew yeah. it, like, there's obviously... Which will be interesting to see how they handle. Will there be a passage of time? Because... Like, if you're going to try to sell me that he goes straight from falling off the flat iron building and hitting a fire escape a couple times on the way down to basically getting right back up and being John Wick. Like, no. But who grabs? So, I mean, so based on our logic, then John Wick didn't get up. Someone grabbed him. Yeah, it's, um, it was the only way I know how to describe him is he's the guy from, he was the crazy guy from Brooklyn nine, nine. Mm-hmm. Um, then in fact he was the one he did the TikTok, Mr. Wick um, after the library he was the one that brought him in in the cart Mm -hmm. so they definitely obviously um, made amends I guess Fishburne made amends with Wick I guess because he was I don't they don't really touch on if he is part of the high table or yeah that was that was weird like it's understandable okay the Continental is under the table um the crime families are part of the table but like they're they're the elder above the table yeah and he's just kind of on the side and it's like okay why is the adjudicator coming to him mm-hmm. if he's not part of the table. Mm-hmm. And maybe he is, and they didn't really describe it. But yeah. So as a whole, since you're a bigger fan, where do you think the stack's in the franchise? Um... It 
it's difficult because it's such the feel is so different. Mm-hmm. The first one to me is still a great movie. It's a fun movie to watch. I say it's a fun movie. It's not necessarily a great movie. It's a fun movie. The second one has the best soundtrack. And then the third one has the best action scenes. Okay. So, if you're a fan of action movies, the third is going to be your favorite. To me, they're all kind of at the same. Like, they're not necessarily... One's not necessarily better than two, and three isn't necessarily better than one, you know? Mm-hmm. I will say though the internet is in an uproar because Dave Lang has officially changed the movie Dude, ratings. Yeah, that is the best thing that I did. I retweeted that. That made my day because I saw it right before I saw that. Right before I saw John Wick, I was like, "Okay." I think I saw that as I left the theater. So, so explain. So it used to be his his rating was what? His his rating used to be out of five raid twos. Mm-hmm. Which if you've never seen the Raid series, I think there's only two of them. There might be a third one now. Uh, they're Korean action movies. And they're some of the coolest action movies out there. Um, there's some behind-the-scenes footage that is incredible to see. Um, so, no movie could ever get a 5 out of 5. Even the Raid 2 wasn't a 5 out of 5. Uh, the best any movie could ever get was a 4 out of 5 of the Raid 2's and Dave Lang just tweeted out the Raid 2 is 4 out of 5 John Wick 3's which which makes you believe that John Wick 3 is now his favorite movie mm-hmm. um, which is hilarious to think about just this overly boisterous guy just creating a movie scale based on a Korean movie that not a lot of people in the States have seen and then completely upheaves it with his rating scale switching to a movie that apparently everybody saw because it knocked off Avengers. Did I fish there? Actually, and look at that. Yeah. My God. Which it's is the funny. number one Pikachu, for this weekend. Pikachu couldn't even do it. Yeah, but let's be real. Like, the audience for Wake is obviously way different than the audience for Avengers. Mm. There's a lot of crossover because there's a lot of parents going to see Avengers that are going to see John Wick. And they maybe not, there were, I'm going to guess, right, that the adult audience or Pikachu probably crosses over pretty good with the audience of John Wick. Really? You think so? Yeah. Because if you think about it, right, like the people that are 20 to 35 grew up with Pokemon. Mm -hmm. So they're going to go see it because it's their childhood. But they're maybe not necessarily going to bring their kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Because their kids don't care. So, yeah. In fact, my um, my one neighbor was talking about his son is 11 now. 12. 11. Um, 
His daughter's 13. And his son brought off the Matrix. And he wondered what the Matrix was. And so I'm like, man, that's going to be a tough movie for him to watch because so much of it revolves around the tech of the 90s. Is that, but so much of it is just ingrained in pop culture. Would he feel like it's ripping something off, even though it wasn't? Yeah. Well, it's just the idea of, you know, landline, like, Ethernet ports and mm. landline computers and, you know, stuff like that. Like, you know, he's a kid of the 21st century. Like, he was basically born with an iPad in his hands, you know. Mm-hmm. So is he going to understand the idea behind the Matrix? And I told him it's it'll be interesting to see. But it's still a good. Mo- I think it still actually surprisingly holds up considering how dated it should be. I'll tell you what though, the filter on it does not hold up. That green okay. filter. Oh. Okay, that doesn't. But I mean, like an actual like plot isn't like it's yeah. still surprising. Like it shouldn't oh, the, be as well. The as plot it is. of that movie holds up, and in fact, the bullet time holds up. Some of the SFX don't hold up, but. But I don't know if I expected to. Maybe that's why it didn't bug me so much. I I expected all of it to act like that, not just part of it. Well, and the fact that the bullet time, at least the movement, Mm -hmm. wasn't a special effect. It's photos. Um, Photos res up really well. Right. So. If they were real smart, it would have just been vector art. That would have been perfect. (laughs) Could you imagine? I can... Humanity. I mean, I, I can imagine, but... We'll just remake it, but we'll just use Vector Art to future-proof it. Yeah, dude. Because Vector Art... lines scale up really well. Because that's the only thing, the reason you use Vector Art is because it scales. Yeah. I took I took a class in Adobe Illustrator. I understand Vector Art. <laughs> took one class in it in college. You think you understand Vector Art. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the old saying? Like, some now, na- like, a lot... It's something like, it's something along the lines of like some knowledge is the most dangerous thing you give a man. Uh, or is it the idea that a man knows something is the most dangerous thing in the world? Yeah, but so, it's something along those lines. It's, like, oh, it's yeah, it's something that if you if they think they know what's going on, it's, it's more the dangerous. Most dangerous. Yeah, I think I know Vector. Like we could do it. I'll tell you what. Go ahead and do what I did for our logo. Okay. Our new new logo. Um, Because I'll tell you this, it's not vector art. Wait, what? Oh. Oh, no. But it's not going to scale. No, it'll scale. Because it's relatively Um, simple. Not not bad simple, but like... Well, it's it's a font-based art. Mm -hmm. So it's... It's going to scale fine, yeah. Skills time. Okay. Yeah. I think I think it's time for us to take a break, and we'll come back and talk about that kid movie. Yeah. We'll come back and we'll talk about Spy Kids. Okay. All right, everyone. We are back, and it is time to. I was going to say, start talking about Cody Banks, but I'm about to sneeze, so. So, we'll start talking about... Alright, we're good. Um, yeah, let's talk about Cody Banks until I <sighs> sneeze where it rains out. 
how do you want to start this? Um, can we talk about the Brits? Yeah, we can talk about the Brits. Do you know who my most annoying person in this film was for me? Uh, Anthony Anderson? Who's that? And I can tell you the black guy. No, actually. The hand- who is the handler of not Hilary Duff? The old man. The old man. The butler? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And remember uh, he, forgot he, forgot he was our handler secretly? Yeah. I don't know his name, but yeah. God. So, I, I have a legitimate question as we go into this. How do they take something the first- So, this movie is where I was scared the first movie is gonna be- Was gonna be. To start there. Because how do they take something like the first movie that surprisingly worked and then reverted it? Well, I will say, I think what they did in the first movie was played on the sex appeal of um, Cody's handler. Okay. But I mean, Which is like, extremely obvious. And then the second one is like, okay, we're trying to make it like... Let's be real here, we're actually talking about what's going on. But like, it's even little things like... Like, the British humor was, like, real, like... Stereotypical to the point where it wasn't funny. Oh, yeah, this movie was extremely stereotypical, but... I mean, what did you expect out of a movie that's supposed to be for 12-year-old kids? More of the first movie I would have been okay with? The first movie is designed for those kids' parents. <laughs> Specifically the dad's. Specifically the dads. Yeah. But this, okay, this movie, like, the villain's plan felt just too easily, like, it was implemented way too easily. Like, yeah, I will say I like that they actually, like, because the first one, they never really show the nanobots doing anything. Right. Except at the very end. Whereas this one, they actually show the mind control work. But can we appreciate how easily it was for on a fucking tour bus? <laughs> he was being a dentist. Well, I mean, he didn't have to be super specific about it. He just needed to drill into the tooth and then pop the thing in. But I just meant, like, even pointing, like, how he got every world leader under his skin in what looked like ten minutes. Oh, yeah, that was obviously just stupid, but... Like, that, that's what I'm, like, most like that to me felt, like, too quick. Yeah. So it's not like... I will say, the fact, though, short. that they played, like, okay, it's the, you know, they had a reason for the leaders to be there. Which at least they gave us a reason, which I was okay with. Yeah. Like, I don't know, some meeting. Like, I was like, okay, that's clever, but... I it, mean, it's it's not hard to come up with. Oh, yeah, we're going to have the G8, or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm, which is a real thing. I just remember the term. Yeah. They didn't make something stupid up, yeah. Well, yeah, they didn't make something stupid up. Like, the implementation of what they were doing kind of made sense. 
And, you know, you could, in theory, see them being able to get somebody, knock them out. If we're using Hollywood uh, timetables, knock them out, drill their tooth out, pop the thing and smack it in there. And then they're back and ready to go within 10 minutes. Right, but the issue is, how'd you get every world leader, like... Like, it felt like an absurd amount of that peop- at that party at the end were under his control. An absurd amount. Yeah. Like, I want to see the Hitman-esque, Hitman-esque, like, knocking the bodies out and dragging them into... <laughs> like, like you wanted it to be like, if Cody, Banks was, if, if Cody Banks was handler was dragging it, where it'd be, like, this comical thing of, like, are, they're, like, standing on top of a person, kind of. Or, like, they're under a carpet. Yeah. Yeah, they never do explain, like, how... How did they get these leaders? Right, how do you get them like that? Because, they like, how do you get them to them and then they convince their handlers to, like, let them go alone? Like, there's so much of that that's... not explained. They do at least try to explain the president. The president one wait, but the point is still, though, like, you didn't explain any of the other... Like, if you at least... Each leader, you kind of did a montage of doing that, I would have almost accepted it more. Yeah. Well, this movie is definitely a suspension of disbelief movie. Like, it is the Fast and Furious in that once you start asking questions, you just never stop asking questions. So, oh, that was another one of the trailers in front of John Wick was the Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, why did I had that too? Actually, it looked decent. I just had Men in Black. I had that one as well. That, dude, that stupid sequence that they're going to have in Hawaii with Roman Reigns throwing two chains onto the front of the one tow truck. That's going to be so fucking cool. And then the rock holding on to the chain. And pulling a helicopter down because he's got massive biceps. Dude, did you see what The Rock looked like in that thing? I don't know if he's fucking human anymore. I mean, I'm sure his testosterone levels aren't human, but... <laughs> like, that, like, those arms were fucking massive. Yeah. Well, have you ever heard the, um... The interviews that Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans did after one of the Avengers? No. They Brain. were just like... Because they had... Obviously, they had to get into super shape to right. do the movies. And then they're like, that's impossible to keep up. Like, you get into that shape for the movie, and then, um, like, three weeks later, you're back to your regular routine of McDonald's and ice cream and... You know, mm-hmm. you start to lose some of that definition, but obviously once once you have that muscle mass, then it's a little easier to keep. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, because the way the human body works, muscle burns more calories than fat. So once they got into shape, you had to eat more and more. It's a little easier to stay. It's easier to stay in shape than get into shape. Okay. Um, because if you get jacked like they did, 
and then go back to a 2,500 calorie, you know, daily intake, you're going to be at a decent calorie deficit Mm -hmm. just because your body requires more energy to keep that muscle mass. Right. So, yeah, they, they just talk about how tough it is on their bodies to do that. And obviously you see the rock and it's like, okay, dude, we get it. You're big. You're big. Like, I don't even care anymore. Like, but he's fucking like, there are moments like, it's the rock. Like, during that scene, you're like, what the fuck? Like, this is the second or third time I can think of where they've shown him and he has apparently been strong enough to like hold on a helicopter or what was the one that he did where he basically did the biblical Samson and held like the crane to the, was it skyscraper where he pulled yeah, the skyscrapers you're thinking of, he did something like that. And it's like, okay, dude, We get it. Like, you're obviously going to have a scene in there where you're. It's just to show off your like, biceps. Because let's be honest, Fast Fears is probably like, we paid $10 million for those muscles, we're going to goddamn use them. Yeah. Well, they don't care. They're going to make a shit ton of money. But, like, as a whole, though, like, you know, they paid to pee in extra shape. Yeah. Oh, what's the one that's by F. Gary Gray? Was that Men mm-hmm. in Black? One of the trailers was by the movie's going to be by F. Gary Gray, who was the director of a couple of the Fast and Furious movies. I, no, that was Men in Black. That was Men in Black. Okay. Which Men yeah. in Black, I still, I'm still, I think it looks good, but I'm not sure. It's only because it's Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth. I'm giving it more of a benefit of a doubt. Yeah. Because like Tessa Thompson is fucking great. She, is this the first non-Marvel movie? No. Where they've had to... Oh. Like, the... Tessa's not a lead. But she's she's quickly become a solid B-team. Yeah. She's, like, Falcon level. Yeah. Very quickly. I'm trying to think of other movies since the MCU started that had... Because Chris Evans and ScarJo used to be in stuff together, but that was back when it was, like, pre... Yeah. Um... And ScarJo did Under the Skin during the MCU. Is it, has Jeremy Renner done anything with any of the random people? I have no idea. Or like, ooh, here's a good... He doesn't do a lot of stuff anymore. Here's a like, good... Oh, no, that would have been before because I say a good random one was in Sherlock, in uh, the Sherlock Holmes movie, Jude Law was Watson, and obviously yeah. RGJ was Sherlock. Yeah. Jeremy Renner does a lot of random stuff. Yeah, but not a lot of big stuff. Like, he does a lot of random stuff. Wasn't he a Mission Impossible? Mm, he did the Hurt Locker. But I thought he did Mission Impossible. Simon Pegg was in Mission Impossible. Am I crazy? No, he did um, the Born Legacy. I think that's what you're thinking of. I don't Maybe. think he was in Mission Impossible. He was in Mission Impossible. I thought he was in the not Fallout. I thought he was in the ones before it. 
Mission impossible. So like Rogue Nation, I thought. Um, Phil Sears, Wikipedia. Let's go down to casting characters. Uh, Tom Cruise, Ving Rhames, Ving Rhames, Ving Rhames. Man, Ving Rhames. Mission Impossible, he's in Rogue Nation. I was right. Jimmy Reynolds in Rogue Nation. And the one before it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghost Protocol. That's what I was like, I'm like, I swear. Oh, I'm not saying he he's not doing stuff. It's just that he does a lot of random stuff. Like, but also like, yeah, he probably doesn't. He doesn't. He also doesn't do a lot of big stuff. Like, this I is. Just, Paul he's Rudd only done with like someone random. Paul Rudd just does a bunch of comedy. That's true. I'm also not a huge fan. He has his moments. He's good. That's debatable. Also, okay, Paul Rudd, oh, he's one of those men in Hollywood also who does not age. Just saying. He's 69, April 6, 69. So he's... 51. 50. He's 50. But look at stuff him from like 15 years ago. You'd have thought he looks the same age. It's like Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves does not look like he's in his 50s. Keanu Reeves has, has uh, opposite aged. He's done the Benjamin Button. He has done the Benjamin because he has. Um, let's see. When was the first Ant-Man? Uh, 2015. It was after. It 2008 was, was Iron Man. He had monsters in. He was in Mrs. 40 and Mission. All is bright. This is the end. Ant-Man 2. Um, Ant-Man. Okay, after that, he did the Wet Hot American Summer uh, Netflix thing. That was good. He did The Fundamentals of Caring. He was in Sausage Party. I was in Captain America. Then he did Nerdland. Um, Fun Mom Dinner. Back for the Wet Hot American Summer series. The Catcher was a Spy. Ideal Home. Mute. Ant-Man. Avengers. Yeah, he's in a bunch of random... Like, he is... I'm not going to say more random than Jeremy Renner, because Jeremy Renner has some... Jeremy... Jeremy... Renner. Mm-hmm. Let's see... He did starting with uh, the Hurt Locker. Then he was in Thor. Then Ghost Protocol. Then Avengers. Then Born Legacy. Then Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Then The Immigrant. Then American Hustle, which is a great movie. American Hustle is not a great movie. Can, well, it, when you take into consideration it was shot in 38 days, it's a great movie. Okay, but I still know. I still. I don't, yeah, it, it doesn't hold up as a, a great in the sense of, like, actual great. It, it's an accomplishment, I should say. Um, Kill the Messenger, he did, he was on a couple episodes of Louis, Ultron, Rogue Nation, Civil War, Rival, Wind River, The House, Tag, Stupid, Endgame, Hawkeye TV series, which is announced. He was in the town. The town? The town. 
He's really good in that. Yeah. Nice. He was also in the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, which may be the longest title in Hollywood. Um, yeah. We've totally derailed from Cody Banks because it was that. Cody Banks is. It's not the worst movie we've seen. It's the most meh movie we've seen. It is the perfect embodiment of like a five and a half out of ten. Cody Banks 2 is 100% what we thought Cody Banks 1 was going to be going in. Yes. Is that the, I think that's the best quote to give it. Yeah. Because Cody Banks 1 is a surprisingly good film. Yeah. I'll give you that. See ya. So I think that's probably going to do it for us. Uh, just so you guys know, going into this next month, uh, I'm moving and AJ's driving a lot. So what's going to happen is this is posting like normal at the end, a little bit later, but still the end of May. And then instead of us doing probably a full blown episode until probably the next movie club, we're going to do like an interstitial kind of like interview show of some past interviews. We still, we shot a while ago. Uh, and we'll, at the end of the interviews, uh, we, the, me or AJ will pop in and be like, Hey, here's our movies for the next month. So you guys know going in. Yep. That way we'll still be good for that. Yeah. Nice. Cause I gotta keep packing. Cause I move in 10 days. From when we're recording this. Yes. I still got a place yet, but. You don't have a place yet? Is that what you said? I leave, I'm going to... Tomorrow morning, I have a flight to Florida, and we're staying down there until Thursday to hopefully find me a place. This is the plan. That's an interesting plan. Well, that, it's a short, I'm on a short timeline, so I have to do... That's the best way to do it, probably. I yeah. can find, find a place in a week. That's not the end of the world hard. No. Because all I need is a one bedroom. I don't need some like obscure, like weird. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You don't need some weird like two bedroom, one bath, like. Right. I go. I need a one bedroom. Here's my rough budget. I beg. I can find a place in said budget. Like it's all I need. Yeah, you just need a studio. Is what you need. You don't even need a. I know, but I'm a, I'm a type of person who likes the ability of like a one bedroom logistically. Because little stuff, like, then I could walk away from doing work, but, like, in a studio, I feel like I can't do that. Yeah. Because in a studio, I'm always staring at, like, my computer, so I'm going to be like, I could be working, well, like, I could walk. It's away from stuff. Also, it's always weird to me when you walk in someone's house and there's just a bed chilling there. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah, remember, you could follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Mikey underscore Maroney. AJ is at Detroit, Michigan. Uh, the show is at the SWW show. Remember, I would actually like if I could get the the Twitter handle Detroit MI. <laughs> you should be like at Detroit has less shootings than Chicago. Mm-hmm. You'd be okay with that one. That is a true fact. Which is weird. All things considered. Uh, it's funny. Detroit is becoming a safer, safer and safer city basically every day. That's because you're shooting more and more people, so there's less to shoot. Uh, no, it's because um, Google 
open an office. Microsoft has an office, so there's a ton of money coming mm. into the city. So then all they care. So, yeah, everybody, everybody's driving out the people, and the cops are final. They have a reason to round up the uh, illegal activity. So nice. So it's harder to get drugs, is what I understand. Got it. No, no, <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Harder, I said. <laughs> it's still not that hard. You're like I, I, You're like now. I have to walk two houses instead of one. Um. Well, it depends on where you are. Maybe three. Depends on where you are and what time you're there. Two a.m. You can probably find anything <laughs> under the sun. Well, I was just saying, in a relative ease, they might have to go back to a, excuse me, house if you're looking for some biggest designer drug. Yeah. So pretend I was White Boy Rick for a second. Deep cut, right? And he was he slinging crack or coke? Um, crack. That was not cocaine money though, because crack's cheap. Yeah. Coke is not. Um, Coke is a white person. Um, and the whole irony of the film was he was the only white person. Easily? I don't know. Downtown might be a little hard. Uh, as you kind of head towards the north. Yeah, north, northwest side. I don't know, it might be a little easier. But okay. Yeah, I mean, like, like downtown, downtown, um, where... The uh, ice rink is. It's actually pretty clean around that immediate area. Okay. Um, Greek Town. There's definitely some areas in Greek Town that are a little rough, but yeah, like the money's coming into that city so fast that it's pushing everybody out. It's gentrifying. Um, we'll say gentrification's happening. Gentri- yeah, gentrification is happening at an alarming rate in Detroit. I don't know if it's that alarming, but... Well, it is for the city. Like, the city was not prepared for suddenly these companies to come in. And the companies came in because it was so cheap. But again, it's not a bad thing. It's just... It's going to happen if you do that. Yeah. Like, suddenly, Google's got to house, you know, however many people work there. It's like two or three hundred people work at that office, and... You're housing, you know, 300 families in the Detroit area. Like, that drives up housing prices pretty quick. So I'm going to say the controversial thing for a second as we end the show. Unless you're SF, so it's at that extreme of a rate. Gentrification is not inherently bad. The issue becomes just if you have the, where it's uncontrolled, like SF, where it's impossible to afford. Gentrification isn't a bad thing. It's when we let it go SF level of crazy. Right. And as long as there are areas for the, the people that can't afford to still live, mm-hmm. it, there's no problem with gentrification. Because I think people act like it's blindly a bad thing. I'm like, it's not, no. though. If anything, it improves the city, but then it starts to hurt the city once... Once it's improved. Yeah, once it's improved and everybody's so like, well, why isn't, why isn't it like... Why don't we have 
you know, a Whole Foods here instead of, you know, the corner shop that's been there for 150 right. years. That's when the problems come. Yeah. Like, people bringing in money is not a bad thing. Right. It helps it's, the city thrive. It's when people bring in the money, but they bring in so much at, at, that... Uh, at, at a rapid rate that is not prepared yeah. for. Yeah. And SF is hard because it's such a small city. Mm-hmm. Um, Detroit being one of the largest by footprint it cities w- in, in the U.S. In theory, it shouldn't be the same problem because you don't right. have a space issue. Yeah, but then it becomes, okay, the people that can't afford now have to, um, you know, they have to move out of the city while there's a lot of the city that isn't developed, so then they have to build while building's expensive. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's definitely some issues, but, you know. This isn't the world's not perfect, so no matter what happens, there's never going to be, you know, there's nothing that can happen to improve a city that doesn't hurt somebody. But you don't understand, AJ. We only care about hurting the rich people here. That's what Twitter told me. Is the rich people aren't people? Some of the rich people don't act like people. <laughs> Twitter told me they just all not people. There's definitely wealthy people that I know that. They don't spend a lot of wealth, and they give a lot back, and you know, it's all with how you, what you do with your money. That's not what I was told on Twitter. Twitter's the watering hole of the, uh, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. So much people love. Um, it's the watering hole of the left <laughs> and the center. <laughs> And then the far right. <laughs> like, let's be real. I love the way you're trying to say that nicely. Like, well, if you think about it, right? Like, a lot of people on Twitter are, you know, uh, mid twenties to mid forties, and a lot of them are somehow involved in a creative or technical field. At least the ones that we follow. Um, and they tend to naturally lean left. Um, and then you have the, the far right that are on Twitter. that I don't follow any of them, but somehow they still show up in my feed. Uh, thanks to Jim Ross, mainly. Jim Ross, Which, probably, and uh, probably Joe Rogan. Probably doesn't help. I don't follow Joe Rogan. But oh. if you follow Jim Ross, he does some creepy shit on Twitter. Hmm. Like, retweeting uh, female wrestlers and then adding a comment of, like, I don't know, like, you looked really great out, like, just a we- like a weirdly worded, like, pervy old dad comment. Mm-hmm. That maybe he shouldn't be making, but he does, but... Yeah. Nice. So, no, no, remember... Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us good ratings. Please to God. And we'll catch you guys next time. We'll have an email eventually so you can email the show questions. I'm sorry. There's a lot of stuff going on in my life right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I said eventually. We also have 
we have a lot of stuff that in the we, we need to work on and finish up. So, yep. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yep. Adios, all. See y'all.